0: GameZillaMedia.com Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of a gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future.
1: Real gaming
0: opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the in major gaming
1: news. The GameZilla Podcast.
0: Look, that comes one of them now.
1: Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Graham, and with me remotely in his buttery little case inside the fridge, Sir Butterboy himself. How's it going, buddy?
0: I can't believe it's not a bedroom. It's actually a large plastic container. It says I can't believe this isn't the number one podcast in the world, and that's <laughs> where I live. I can't believe it's not Butterboy.
1: What do you mean this isn't the number one podcast in the world? That's not what I've heard.
0: Uh, It's the best. Statistically, it's not rated number one. We need more five-star reviews.
1: Got it. Got it. All right. That makes sense. Well, welcome to episode 366 of the, you know, best gaming podcast, the GameZilla podcast, brought to you by our patrons.
0: Yeah, thank you so much to our supporters, patreon.com slash media. We got three of our patrons hanging out in our live stage tonight. We got Super Lars, EA Spuds, he is waving at us using the hand raise function in the live stage, and Johnny <laughs> Riot is here. So uh, that's, even that's one the of thing. our perks. You can uh, you can attend the live recordings of the Games of the Podcast here in our live stage. In our Discord, so go to the Games of the Media Discord, become a patron and hang out and uh, and enjoy some live fun and get in the live chat and influence the podcast. That's one of the many perks, as well as some special bonus content available from uh, Last Action Podcast and Noobs and Dragons. All sorts of good stuff available for you. Patreon.com slash Games Media. So thank you so much to everyone who helps keep this show up and running.
1: Absolutely! Thanks, everybody, and uh, let's let's go ahead and dive right into our episode. We have four topics today that we want to kind of cover, and uh, we're going to lead it off with some Epic Game news because we're all pro Fortnite players now, you know. So I figured we got to lead got to lead with this this big big news. But uh, Epic Games did something a little bit different than Activision here recently. Uh, they are taking hundreds of their temp testers and offering them full-time employee status with benefits. So, Epic Games is hiring its U.S.-based contingent workers full-time with benefits. Uh, The Fortnite developer is extending the offer to quality assurance QA testers as well as other eligible contract-based employees. The news first surfaced in an employee-facing memo obtained by The Verge. In the memo, the company writes, it will offer full-time at-will employment to eligible U.S.-based contingent workers and that many of those offers will be effective April 4th, 2022. It also notes that some workers won't receive the offer, citing there are a few exceptions in which it makes sense for both the worker and EPIC to maintain contingent worker status. So, I just, I don't know, I kind of... Picked this story when I saw it because we also covered how when Warzone launched its latest, you know, new map slash season uh, from Call of Duty and Activision. We, you know, we watched them basically fire all of their QA team and then the game launched and it was a disaster. And they were and everyone was like, how did this happen? And they're like, well, yeah, well, our whole testing team, testing team is like. We fired them and then the people that we did keep, the five guys, they all they all like striked. So so like, you know, you got like, I don't know, the you got the manager that's all of a sudden doing QA testing over here and he's like, Yeah, you know, this gun it kills everybody in one shot. Put it in the game. It seems balanced um and that's what guns do yeah and we may be killing right you know and we complained about it we ridiculed it and you know it it wasn't it's not it wasn't a good look it didn't go over well um within within the gaming industry as far as what activision did there and so to see kind of epic games look at it differently and just take uh, a bunch of their you know their contract-based workers and just offer them you know epic obviously a gigantic company that's doing really well, that's growing, that has, you know, uh, numerous products, not just Fortnite, like we were joking about, but um, it was really cool to kind of see this just snippet of news and, and actually watch a company do a good thing instead of, I think a lot of times we have these news, we pick these news topics that are just like Bungie screws up again. Like, you know, like (laughs) something dumb has happened. Let's talk about it. But for once we actually get to look at something positive here.
0: Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll love to see more employment opportunities from a company that seems like they're doing the right thing. I mean, one of the the issues in in america today is underemployment, right? They talk about like people having multiple jobs or you know the jobs that they have aren't uh serving uh living living a living wage, you know. So uh having full-time positions offered with benefits from a large company is a good thing for those individuals. So you you love to see uh people making their way in the games industry.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um it is. It is really nice uh, to see a company just take care of someone, take care of pe- their people, as Johnny Riot said in the in the chat over there. Um, the the other good news though is they are direct hiring hundreds of of uh, contingent workers, but they also came out and said the studio currently uh, contracts out QA testers and other workers through temp agencies and will continue uh, to offer. The uh, contingent workers' short term short term uh, contracts. So, like you know, even though they're bringing in all these new hires, it's not going to necessarily defeat or uh, eliminate all of the opportunities for people that might be looking for a contract job. But um, yeah, so overall, I think it's really cool. It it, it uh, you know is nice to see a positive note uh, in in this in this industry when we have so many things going on that either a is like. Could be good news, but it's very like a very like half and half of of the of the uh fans are you know are either angry or happy. I I don't think you can really be upset about what Epic's doing here.
0: Yeah, it I don't I guess if you just hate Epic and you want them to fail and you don't want people to work there, I mean if you're a miserable person and that's what you want out of life, then be miserable, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I, I also think though that in the gaming industry where we always hear about like how shaky scary shitty um the environment can be for for someone that wants to make that their career it is this is like the opposite you know epic games really seems to be building like a you know a workforce they seem you know we've already talked about their new world their new world headquarters and and how they're and they're like Uh, You know, long-term growth plans and and all in the schooling they're gonna build around it all and all this stuff they're doing that really just all promotes growth and health within their industry, and that is something that you know it's one reason why I, I do like I've been I've been on the epic bandwagon for a while as far as like just even though people hate them they're like oh well all they do is steal stuff and put it in Fortnite and it's like okay okay every like first of all everybody does that second of all like. That's not all they do, and then you know. So like, I I've been looking, I've been trying to look at like the the bigger picture of Epic, and like this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like, the they're, if you haven't, if you didn't hear our show, and this would have been months ago, I think. If you didn't hear our show when we talked about like the new world headquarters they're building, if you you know, if if you're not here right now listening to what they're doing here with their workers, like. Time and time again you hear that Epic Games is like is a fantastic place to work. And that's so rare because when you start to like throw around EA Activision, you know, you start throwing around those types of big names, usually you start to hear about like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of lawsuits because nobody got paid overtime. Oh yeah, there's a harassment lawsuit because, you know, of all, all these terrible things. A- Epic has been for the most, you know, for the most part pretty clean. Like the the, the big their big news was they went after Apple. And and I even though it was Goliath first, Goliath. And, and, like, I still like that they went after Apple for their reasoning. And, and though it may have shot them in the foot as far as, you know, putting some of their games on those platforms, it opened up opportunities for other people. And again, that's just helping out the industry. And I think that it just looks good. And, and yeah, this is, this is just another piece, another piece to that, uh, to that story as far as the hundreds of new, uh, the hundreds of employees that were going are going to be offered epic full time jobs with benefits. Classy move. All right. Topic number two. Deuce. Capcom announces Street Fighter six. It's coming. And that's about all we know.
0: We know that it looks like they plagiarized that Street Fighter 6 logo.
1: Man, that was my next piece of this story. But yeah, <laughs> Capcom ha- Capcom has announced Street Fighter 6, the next major entry in the iconic fighting game franchise which is celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. A brief teaser trailer was released following the season um the season final of the Capcom Pro Tour. So, uh yeah, the trailer is not it's not gameplay. It's it's just, you know, it's just of course Ryu and and then I'm not sure who the other guy was is, is he new or was it just someone I didn't recognize um
0: uh, I also did not know. I've been out of the street fighter uh, life for a long time
1: yeah okay well, well we'll we'll give uh we'll give some people in the in the games a little live chat a second to, uh oh okay, people are saying they uh Johnny Rye thought that they thought it was Luke, so anyways, it was two people facing off pretty typical, right you know it's usually Ryu and Ken or whatever, but anyways. Um, the the trailer was hype. I'll give it that. Like it had a really good, it had a really good um, you know, uh, selection for music and and like they always do. They always do. And I'm I'm at that point now where like I don't even know if I'll buy this game, <laughs> right? Because because like Street Fighter just it it, it like. Fighting games in general, I don't spend a lot of time with anymore, unless it's Mortal Kombat. Like I, I always will give Mortal Kombat a little bit of my time, or I guess Injustice, which is basically Mortal Kombat. So,
0: when Graham, when was the last time you played Street Fighter Five?
1: I um probably back when we had the Street Fighter Five tournament.
0: Well, I was gonna say it's uh... (laughs) four
1: years ago or something, maybe more.
0: It hasn't been after October of 2019 because I've had your copy of Street Fighter Five since October of 2019.
1: Oh, you have my copy, I mean, dude! You could like, you couldn't <laughs> have said you could have said nothing, and that would have been your copy because I didn't even know.
0: You let me borrow it because uh, I was gonna enter a Street Fighter tournament when I went on a on that wrestling uh, cruise. So there was yes. gonna be a Street Fighter tournament on boat, yes. and you're like, oh yeah, here, borrow my copy so you can train for it. And I think I played for about 15 minutes, and I was like, "I guess I'm just not going to enter the tournament. <laughs> like, I don't think this game's that fun. I'm going to stop."
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember spending a lot of time w- once I got like my arcade stick from Pax, uh, mm. Pax West, and I was spending a lot of time with Xander, our our like pro our pro Street Fighter, you know, player, and learning learning like you know frames and and, and countering and and all and all this stuff, and I was just like. I I don't think I just don't think it's gonna this isn't gonna click. It's just not gonna click for me. I, I tried, I tried, I tried, and then the tournament came and I was terrible and I was like, yeah, you know, I'd rather do something else. <laughs> so, anyways, Street Fighter 6 was announced. Um, you know, it, it, we we don't know a whole lot about it, but the trailer is is, uh, is pretty hype and the I like again, my biggest takeaway on it was I like the music. But everyone else decided to point out the fact that the logo or the lettering or whatever I, I hope it's not the logo but the uh the I think logo it's supposed to
0: be the new logo
1: yeah street fighter 6 logo looks like an adobe stock image and its creator wants a cut <laughs> so yeah um i will in in the posting of this of this podcast i will make sure that i um include these images they're identical minus a 6 that they slapped into the bottom corner and then like a few little like Spray paint can sprays that you pull from Adobe's Photoshop, and you just you know like you just click, and then all of a sudden it like looks like a little little blob of spray paint. Like that's like just sprinkle that around, and then it's straight up Adobe.com image ripoff. Like no joke, man. It's an eighty dollar Adobe stock site image. Like, and you're telling me that the that the owner of this that wants a cut. You're telling me that Capcom didn't just go out and buy it like $80? Just buy it. If you really want to use it, just buy it. But when you look at the comparison, man, I mean, there are slight differences. But, oh, dear God, is it so close to being the same thing?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost like if I were to open a hamburger restaurant and have a big, like, orange M as my logo but then like just splatter a little bit of paint at the end of it and be like totally different like not nah, the color's not even different yeah <laughs> now that i think about it no nah, this is it's rough it's uh <laughs>
1: Yeah, and 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 so Johnny Riot hit it on the spot. I was just about to to talk about the whole like how how much fun Twitter is having with it. But Johnny Riot puts Street Fighter 6 and then and then says unread emails because that's what it is. Think of an icon on your phone, your email icon on your phone and how you get the little red dot with like a number inside of it. That's yeah. the that's the 6. Is is literally 6 unread emails. And so like I'm scrolling through this article that that I decided to use it in. Yes, obviously comparing to Adobe stock site, it's like it's so close. It's scary how close it is. It's like, hey, they stole it and then they took the mod- like the modification tool. And they were just like, well, if we just shrink this corner a little bit and we stretch this corner a little bit and we take a little chunk out of this bar right here, and then we just dab these spray paint cans, perfect. No one will ever know. <laughs> but then you got people Everyone on stupid but me <laughs> yeah. then you got everybody on twitter though they're like um anybody know why uh street fighter 6 logo looks like sleeping dogs 2 through 5 and then, <laughs> and then i like look at the logo i'm like oh damn it does and then the next person's <laughs> like hey um this is all in another language but there's like it looks like some sort of like um comic con or something that's happening in another country has uh has an sf that looks identical just has like wings on the side of the of the like hexagon and then the my favorite one so far is um why does the street fighter 6 logo look like an nft symbol and you literally look at the nft logo and it's like oh damn (laughs) it looks so much the same i'm like oh no street fighter 6 you can buy nfts inside of it uh, and then of course the that, that well, one came, you're
0: you're gonna be able to
1: yeah that one came from JoJo the Dodo but then of course um Brian Altano from IGN or whatever it said this logo looks like Street fighter got six emails sure enough yeah that 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 was uh obviously the highlight of it um it's so bad but. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the only thing I can hope is that they're getting, they're getting just shit on about this. So by the time the game does actually get an official like launch trailer and more information, they're going to be like, haha, just kidding. Here's the real logo.
0: Here's the unplagiarized logo.
1: The other thing is like when you look back at like, like, I don't know, like, honestly, the last six street fighters or something i don't you know like the logos are all like the like fury right the fury flame style like logo like it has street fighter has had a logo look forever and like and then they came out with this they're like we're gonna change it up except we're gonna go lazy as hell like (laughs) simplistic plain no one's gonna like it boom street fighter six
0: this this logo looks like they're like a play-in team that would be like uh like a challenging team for like an esport.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> like they were clearly aren't like a high tier team that has a cool logo, but they're, you know, this is the best they could do.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yep. I I mean, I don't know. We'll see we'll see how this all plays out. And uh I'm I am curious to see what happens with like the Adobe stock image because it is it is just shocking how close it is that if for you to sit there and say I made this without without looking at the Adobe stock image, I can't. I just don't believe you. I, I will never believe you if that's true.
0: <clears throat> so, uh, so something else that was kind of confusing uh, when this was announced is I. The first thing I saw was an, was the image of quote Ryu, and his uh, the way the lighting is and the way he physically appears. I got excited. I legit thought this was a picture of the incredible Hulk. <laughs> like like they have Ryu. So,
1: he's so jacked up, j- in rides, it out, man. So
0: thick. So I legit out. Thought, like the hairstyles, right? He's looking down. He's just swole as hell. I swear to you, I thought I was looking at a picture of the Hulk. And then I'm like, what, this is supposed to be real? Like he looks more Jack than Zangief. Like I'm confused by this image. Uh, yep. So already artistically, I'm like, Ah, Ryu, do you have to look that that wide? Like it's it's a little bit he, wild.
1: He kind of looks like he's not going to even be able to fight. You know, <laughs> like he's not going to be able to move yeah. that well. But you know, you know, well, he, he looked okay once he started moving. But yeah, the, every game he has gotten just more and more just ripped. So.
0: His chest looks like a a pack of steaks with cellophane <laughs> stretched over it. Like, like I don't know. I don't know if that's strong looking or not.
1: That but, might know. that might be the best example of of his chest I've ever heard. So there you go. Good that's, job. His
0: arms are looking jacked. Like yeah. my man's hitting the hitting the the weights. But okay.
1: <laughs> Johnny Riot says he's been carrying the franchise for thirty years. <laughs> Dude, you're you're right about uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyways, that's the news on uh, on Capcom and Street Fighter Six. We'll keep you posted once we uh, we learn more about it. But uh, go check out the trailer and and check out the cellophane wrapped steaks on on that on that man's <laughs> chest.
0: It's making me hungry. Is what
1: it's <laughs> making me. <laughs> Street Fighter Six. Each character will come with a free NFT. <laughs> that's another good one from Johnny Riot. Johnny Riot's <laughs> on fire right now in the game's little live chat. <laughs> All right the uh the next topic topic number three we're moving on is uh Call of Duty series has reportedly is reportedly taking a break in 2023 we will uh we will not be getting a game in 2023 and they're going to worry about it and, and come out with uh, their next game in 2024 so uh, we've had a new mainline Call of Duty title every year since 2005. But that uh, will apparently change next year. Activision Blizzard is delaying a Call of Duty title that has been scheduled for 2023 and saying it will not release until 2024. Um, it seems like Activision will release other Call of Duty content. The 2022 title, which Activision has already announced, will be a sequel to 2019's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And we'll get a steady stream of additional content to fill out the year which makes sense obviously you still got to keep warzone running and you still got to keep you know, your your services services going so uh, and your league healthy too so it, it all makes sense um and uh it appears that uh, this will be in addition to the eventual release of warzone 2 so um i think this is a good move so the reason why I wanted to talk about this is that now that I'm much of a Call of Duty player currently, um, I was a big Warzone player, and then and then I just kind of started not being a fan of the decisions they were making around Warzone and the meta and everything, and I just kind of moved on. But you know, Warzone is still a very Call of Duty, obviously. Is top top game we're talking you know arguably number one game every year it comes out um so this is a big deal that we're not gonna be getting a brand new uh main title game but i think it's smart because i think what hopefully what they're doing here is they're trying to reorganize how production for this franchise works because they have so many people working on this franchise. It's like okay well you this game gets made by these people but then this called the game gets made by completely different people and then but then this wars this this version of Warzone gets made by both of these people and I think that's one of the struggles they've been having is growing pains when you're when you're trying to continue moving forward and le- releasing new stuff and 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 finding balance within a competitive a, a competitive multiplayer game they've really struggled And so I'm hoping what they're doing is they're taking 2023 to figure out how to kind of build it all under one umbrella. It could still be multiple companies doing things and stuff like that, but just figuring out a way that they're going to build a more cohesive, balanced, working game. And so... That's that's kind of my hope and my guess as to what this delay is all about. Because there's no, re- they're not they're not Assassin's Creed where they destroyed the popularity of the franchise and they were like, okay, cool, we're gonna take a year off and revitalize Assassin's Creed and then bring you, bring it back and, sh- and give you something ba- good. Like Call of Duty, time and time again is your top selling game. People want to play it. People want to compete in it. People, you know, they, it, it is it is a moneymaker for sure. So the only thing I can think of is, is a back inside of how we can be better as a developer. And that's huge, especially with the concept of, you know, and it's not official yet, but like we all know, Xbox is is attempting to buy Activision and there's things going on. So could this also be partially Xbox being involved and saying, all right, cool. We want to clean this up and we want to make sure that when we do release the next call of duty, it's it's ready to receive content for the for you know for the next twelve months or whatever the frequency thereafter the games are going to fall and and no matter how we deliver the content it's going to work <laughs> so because how many times have we watched DLC or or the next season or something like that come out and like just like the the like there's like one gun that's so OP that everyone's running around with it because that's the game and it's like. Or or like things get or things get so broken that like they have to like literally remove stuff from the game, fix it, and then push it back out there because they just they either A they there wasn't enough testing, it you know, their their maybe their test environment isn't fully matching up to their production environment. Like what is happening that's causing these problems? Um my assumption is take a year off, fix all that, come back and and be able to deliver way better. On your promises uh you know every time you go to launch new content
0: yeah it definitely makes sense that they would t- take a gap year to get things together and obviously 2023 is going to be a big year for for activision because that is when we assume the the buyout or merger or whatever you want to call it will be official so it, it makes sense to to take a take a beat Take a breath and and figure it out. And we just know that things are convoluted between the two developers working on one franchise, passing it back and forth and trying to cram it into this free to play game. Uh, you know, just, just given given things a moment to breathe, it can only be good for the franchise because we know it's successful. We know it's not like, oh, they're just saying it's being uh, put on ice for a year and then it's not coming back. Like, no, we damn well know Call of Duty will be back and better than ever in no time. One of the things that I wonder based on this gap year is are is this is this year being strategically taken off for the year 2023 because the 2024 release, they're gonna put the proper focus into making that a true Next generation exclusive, we will then be three years into this current generation of gaming. And is are we really going to see some mind blowing stuff from the next generation of Call of Duty when it comes to the visuals? Uh, yeah,
1: and this could also be a shift into a brand new engine that they're not ready to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, so uh, that's that I think that's going to be part of it. I really think we're going to see some very cool stuff out of that 2024 release, and that they just knew, like, hey, we're a, being owned by a new company and maybe microsoft's gonna be like listen listen let's look at all the top talent from both studios that work on call of duty let's put those talent together and have them be one call of duty studio and just make an incredible call of duty game you know like yeah. maybe an, an all-star release i don't know I, I, everything i'm here is is i'm spitballing and saying it hypothetically but I do think we're going to see a, a leap in quality in the visuals and probably the gameplay from taking that time and really focusing.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and remember they, they are stating that um, next year's offerings will include. So next year, 2023, where we, where there's not going to be a main title. Everyone's like, Oh, what, you know, what's going to happen. We are still getting a new free to play game. That'll have the call of duty tag on it as well as content for Warzone two. Uh, and 2022's modern warfare. So there is going to be like stuff coming out that bra- that's branded Call of Duty. It's not like we're just not going to see Call of Duty for a whole year. But the question does get played into the fact that could other companies look at 2023 as a big opportunity to to absorb some of that market that the main game, you know, normally grabs. Um, you know, not not that I think Battlefield can do it after the, after this last Battlefield game. Um did. but but you know like that that's the question is like is there going to be an opportunity here because there's a big enough window that that some projects that might that are currently being worked on right now could they go, "Oh, hey, let's uh let's up our release date. Let's, you know, or, or let's really focus on trying to make 2023 the you know big year so that we can try to grab some of that market share. Not to say that, you know, the hype around Call of Duty in 2024 will be huge when they do announce this next game and 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 probably announce a new engine and you know and all this stuff like you're saying that there'll be the the true true you know next gen experience um that's probably what is going to happen and and you know the excitement around the hype around that's going to be huge but um you are going I think you are going to see some other some other companies out there try to make 2023 that year where they can They can do something that maybe normally they don't think they can because, you know, like a lot of people create games and I'm sure a lot of them look at look at Call of Duty and and games like Call of Duty and say, well, we're not going toe to toe with these guys. But in 2023, we don't have to. So you never know.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I'm calling it right now. EA makes the big play Titan Titanfall three
1: man. Titanfall came back. That'd be cool. That'd be cool.
0: Because that's what killed Titanfall 2 is they released it too close to other similar shooters. Yeah. So if EA smart, they'll see their window of opportunity and make Titanfall the the shooter of 2023.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. And then moving into uh, our last topic is uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. You know, uh, so much hype around this game. So much hype. And I think it wasn't that long ago that I did voice my, like, concern. I was like, good God, games like this that just get so much hype, so much focus, um, you know, really, I hate when they crash and burn. You know, and, we, and, we, and we've watched it time and time again where it's like Cyberpunk is, is would be your latest, right? You think of Cyberpunk and you're like, oh, my God, everyone was so hyped for this game. There was so much talk around the game. And then it, the launch was a disaster. Um, and so I had mentioned that, you know, Elden Ring hopefully doesn't fall into that same, you know, category. They did. It felt like
0: some of the hype <laughs> cooled down like two months ago
1: too, it right? Did, like yeah, the kind it did. Same... Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I feel like just recently, you know, people knew, people realized, oh my God, it's almost here. And, and now the embargo's lifted and I mean, it's 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 going to be a game it's it's contender for game of the year like i'm already calling it like come come uh oh yeah yeah yeah. game awards all stuff this game is going to be up for game of the year ign threw it into its its very uh you know very special group of 10 out of 10 perfect score you know getting thrown into things like pokemon and breath of the wild and, and others um you know, is, is nothing is an honor and of itself. It's an award of itself to sit there and get that perfect score. And I'm not just saying from IGN, but I mean, you can go look at PC gamer. You can go look at polygon. You can go look at everybody. Everybody is screaming joy about this game. I'll, um,
0: I'll roll my eyes a lot at IGN scores. I will, always at least give them the benefit of the doubt they don't hand out tens
1: they don't like, yeah exactly <laughs> so they, they may not give they I... may not give the two the ones and twos and threes a ton but but they don't give the tens either you know and so yes. i feel like you know a lot of your games that you may feel are mediocre all of a sudden grab a five six seven score and that's when you're like yeah right but but you know there there is some level of uh of respect you can give to places like IGN. They're going to give, uh, you know, that perfect 10. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the comments up similar to like, I never once felt the open world fatigue that usually sets in when my brain gets overloaded by a map. That's something that happens to me a lot when it comes to open, open world games. So that, you know, those, these are, these are the type of comments that I'm just like, that's that's very you know, all of a sudden, you know, this is a game I was like, I don't think I'm gonna buy, and now I'm like, maybe I am gonna buy this. A few things set Elden Ring apart from games like Skyrim that provide a similar openness. So again, like they're you know, comparing it to games not that not that I'm as obsessed with Skyrim, but I know people that are, like my wife. Um Elden Ring's difficulty surprised me even as a veteran of Souls like games. People were saying, yeah, it's a it's a from software game, but not like not to get frustrated and that it is, it is playable and it is beatable. And it's not, it's not just, how do I put this? Like, it's not brutally impossible. So Bloodborne, it's like
0: Bloodborne was really hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And pacing.
0: they're saying the pacing of this is, is a lot different than in Bloodborne.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, never felt disappointed by my prize, regardless of the amount of effort, effort it took. Uh, It's constantly, it's consistently exciting, rewarding, and full of moments that made me go, holy shit. You know, like these are, these are all just quotes from people. And I mean, again, yes, I'm living on IGN. If you don't like IGN, let me just kick, kick it over, kick it over to, uh, here's Polygon. Polygon says, uh, uh, even Dark Souls skeptics should still play Elden Ring. It isn't Skyrim or Breath of the Wild, but it is the same DNA. You know, like these are these are <laughs> these are lines that are like, yes, this is good. This is, these are the things you want to hear. Um, you know, ten out of ten on uh, on Game Informer. Okay, again, I know we just got done talking about Game Game Informer in the pre-show and how how their physical uh, um, magazine is a joke, but still, absolutely astonishing adventure. Uh, PC, PC gamer gave it a 90, uh, an open world action RPG from, from software that reaches new heights. You know, their, their one take was, but spends too much time in the familiar. So, you know, this seems to be someone that maybe isn't a giant dark souls fan, but like darks, there, there's mechanics and, and world building and stuff that dark souls that needs to be in this game. It, it just does, because that is from software's DNA. So like you're going to feel that, and if you you know if you don't like it, then yeah, there you go. You still got a ninety out of ten. I'm uh, sorry, ninety out of hundred. So it'd be like someone being like, "Mario Kart is great, but it's a
0: little too tied to its roots in being a fun franchise for the family." Like, is it?
1: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, Mario you know Kart's great, you're but it's a not. S- it's not enough simulation. You know, like yeah. something like that. Um, and from software, I mean, let's be honest, they they always make great games you know you may not be a dark souls fan or or bloodborne fan or but but like you you look at those games and realize like there's a reason why they're they're so highly rated they're so special and and that the people that do enjoy them they're these are some of their favorite games ever and so the cool thing about elden ring is like it's that fantasy rpg that like this is already like kind of building up to be like that classic right like that when, when we think when we like for us for people our age and we're thinking back like snes and we're like man chrono trigger right and we're thinking like you know secret of mana and like legend of mana and you know or, or and you know those types of like rpgs that stick with us in our minds you know quest 64 i, <laughs> I was gonna say i was gonna say ocarina of time but yeah quest 64 for you okay um <laughs> You know, uh, the, this is that game that I think for this generation, it, it, it's already kind of, and, and and again, we're literally recording this hours before it releases. It releases at midnight from when we're recording this, so what five hours away? Um, yeah. But the reviews and the early access and the, and and everything that's coming through, it's got people like me that like I was just I wasn't even interested, and I'm like. I think I'm gonna buy this. And the other, the other thing too is like, you know, I, I thought Jade was gonna get into it because she's definitely into these styles, like into RPGs. And so then it was like, people are starting to talk about the, um, the co op, right? And so, like, it has, it's a very Souls Bloodborne style co op, but people are talking about how cool it is and how, and, and like, again, how they've taken something that we're already familiar with, but they made it better. Right, and so that's that's the idea of like from software taking their DNA, taking the things they've learned from Dark Souls and other games, and 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 using them within Elden Ring, but improving upon them and and you know polishing them more, uh, and and people are noticing it. So it's that type of stuff that uh, that we are, you know, it, it, it's the reason why it's getting a ten out of ten perfect scores and has people even like me who had no interest in buying the game ready to pick it up.
0: Yeah. I've, I've played a little bit of bloodborne, a little bit of dark souls too. Like I just know that from software games, not really for me, Uh, but hearing the, the, some of the reviews come out and talk about the exploration of the game and how Mm -hmm. rewarding going into the dungeons is. uh, And, and yeah, you think you're just going into the small little, like, area and then all of a sudden it's another huge dungeon they've just uh really talked about how immersive and how special just the map and world design of this game is and that has me thinking that this is not i'm not buying this tomorrow i'm not buying this in three months but i don't know if i catch this on like a online sale for 20 dollars or less like a year or two from now would i maybe download it just to be able to have some of the experience because it's crazy to think about people calling this the next uh, evolution in open world games and saying that like this is the biggest change and advancement in open world games since Breath of the Wild. It'd feel weird if five years from now, I, I didn't have any context and have ever really played this game, so this is something yeah. that I'm going to be keeping an eye on in the future because I you know they say it's more accessible than any other from software game, which. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean easier, uh, but it right. means that there, there's there's ways you can manage to learn and experience the game uh, without just wanting to rage quit all the time. And a part of that is because it is an open world and there is exploration and there is opportunities to grow where the other games being a little more linear um, restrict that. You have to get good a little bit faster. So I've heard people say, like, yeah, I got the parts that were from software uh frustrating and you know what i did i went and explored for a while and came back and then beat that area i was like yes that's much more appealing to someone like me who is prone to have a lack of talent and high levels of frustration (laughs) with challenges
1: yeah and i I think for me i think you said it really well is like maybe this isn't you know maybe i really get into this game and i sink hundreds of hours into it but for me i think i'm at that point too where it's like the, the way people are talking about it and the fact that you can take a, a genre right now that is so I'm gonna say it overplayed. Just 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 people are tired of the open world, right? People people are pretty tired of the open world, unless it's Breath of the Wild or you know or something like that that then people can get excited about again. But like I think it's just you know open world, open world, open world doesn't matter. Oh, it's Watch Dogs. Oh oh it's oh it's uh, you know Division. Oh it's uh, um. Rising, what is it, Rising Phoenix or whatever the game was? Oh, it's Assassin's Creed. Oh, it's everything, right? And so even my wife, who likes those games, she's like, I'm just going to go play Cozy Bears. And that's what she, like, that's all she plays. Like, it's just a nice and relaxing game for her, and then she just plays this game called Cozy Bears. And so, like, the fact that, like, this game is coming out and people are saying, like, th- that th- that that same effect, that feeling of being overwhelmed, the feeling of just, you know, of, like, being lost or not wanting to do all this stuff and, and everything is not here. And that, the, that it's just, this is the, ev- I guess what I want to say is this is possibly the evolution of this type of game is really something where like, I, w- I want to have hands-on experience with it so that I can speak to it. You know, maybe I don't love the game and I don't put 400 hours into it, but I'll still go put 50, 60, 70, 80 hours into it so that I can understand and appreciate what's been done here. Um, and, and look forward to hopefully other developers realizing it, you know, and, and taking, um, you know, taking a different approach for future open world games. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, by the way, you said you, you weren't going to buy this at opening at launch or whatever, but I, I literally have a video of the game playing in front of me and I literally just watched this gigantic bear.
0: He looks, all. I've you seen saw the it? bear, and it looks <laughs> sweet. But then you tried to fight that bear, and that would make me sad. Yeah,
1: but what if he, but I also see that you have mounts in the game. So, like, what if you actually tame him, and then you ride him around?
0: It'd be sweet. You can do that in Breath of the Wild, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a selling point for me.
1: Yeah, but Breath of the Wild, uh, the bear's not this big. This is, this is the biggest bear I think I've ever seen in a video game.
0: Mm, but realistic bears are also appealing. <laughs>
1: And then I just watch some dude fighting a giant giant crab. Not a crab, giant lobster.
0: That's too scary. I'm out. Now now (laughs) I know it's a scary game. Now (laughs) I know it's scary. I can't play scary games. (laughs) I'm going to go play Captain Toad to just mentally cleanse my brain from the thought of having to fight a giant lobster.
1: Man, Captain Toad, great game. Um... I'm not brave. (laughs) All right, well, uh, if you... um... You know, you guys, this is this kind of wraps up our news stuff. I got a few other things I want to talk about on the on the street or the episode today. But if you want to keep the conversation going on these topics about Elden Ring, about Street Fighter 6, about the delay for Call of Duty, and the uh, Epic Games news about hiring all these, uh, co- you know, contract workers into full time positions with benefits, head on over to the Discord, jump into the Gamezilla podcast channel, and let's keep the conversation going. Dang, I just saw another clip of that bear and he just just destroyed the dude, your character. So that was pretty cool.
0: That's frightening. Bear attacks. I don't want to be involved in a bear attack.
1: <laughs> but yeah, anyways, keep the conversation going in the Discord guys. Thank you uh thank you for everybody that's joining in the games little live chat right now and helping us, you know, helping us do this show and influencing the podcast. But um that, that basically wraps up our news section of the show. I did want to get into a little bit of our personal like gaming because something happened a couple days ago. And um in the pre-show you talked about something about um Borderlands two and how get, you always get sucked s- back in. Yeah, always you're getting sucked back in and you know it you've you've now basically assigned it a all-time great spot within your your favorite games of all time so
0: for sure it's it's for sure top three sometimes i think it's my number one sometimes i think it's my number two it's uh it's usually pretty high up there
1: yeah and so i don't know if i can necessarily say that this game deserves like an all-time top three spot for my from in my you know my selections But it is that game that I return to where like Jade returns to Skyrim all the time. You return to Borderlands 2, you know, there's a game that I always come back to no matter how much shit I give it, no matter how bad I talk about the developer, no matter what. Oh,
0: no, this is this better not be what I think.
1: I always do this. And I think I think you might be wrong on this, but I'm going to let you guess what it is.
0: You, you did not buy the new Destiny expansion.
1: did Damn you? Damn it! You got it. Yeah. Oh no! I didn't just buy. Oh no! Buy, I the show. I quit. I'm done. I didn't just oh, buy God. the expansion. I bought the deluxe expansion. Oh
0: man. Yeah. It's like drugs to you. It you is. Have a it is.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Bad drugs. They're not even good. Like you know. Like I don't even get. I don't even get what I want out of them. But. Okay, so a couple days ago, what would it have been Tuesday. Yeah, so 2 days ago the it, it basically the the DLC drops for the Witch Queen, right? And and we've seen a lot about it. Uh, bad guys are getting light powers and have their own ghosts now and and it's the sister of Oryx and you know, which is one of my favorite storylines of Destiny back, you know, and what I would consider some of the the highlight points of Destiny. And um some some OGs some OGs and Owl Zero and Five Mile Rick uh, discussed it with me and basically talked me into uh, to joining them for some Destiny play, and we all bought the DLC. And yeah, it, I knew
0: Rick was. I yeah. knew Rick was. I was yeah. talking to him about it this week.
1: Yeah, so we bought the I deal. I should
0: have known he was going to get you.
1: Yeah, we bought the deal. I mean, you know, we're not playing golf right now, so I got to do something to, like, hang out with my boy Rick. So Dude, we – I respect that. Yeah, and so, I, you know, I've had, a, I've had a really good month on Twitch, and so that's what I literally told the guys. I was like, well, I had a really good month on Twitch, so throwing away a little bit of money <laughs> isn't the end of the world. That's what I told them before we started playing. Fast forward to getting into the game, um, and we start the whole, you know, the whole storyline for for Witch Queen, and we, you know, every time you play that game, you instantly get sucked back into the fact that, like, man, Bungie knows how to really like polish mechanics, right? Mm, and so true. the game felt really, really good. But the first, you know, and, and we're not we're not super into the DLC yet. I'd say we're three like three hours in. Okay. But it was really good. Like, the like it was really interesting. The worlds, the worlds didn't feel like, uh, just reused over, you know, like, Oh, this is just, uh, this is just so-and-so's room with a new skin on it. Like, no, it felt, it felt unique. Um, the first time you fight a creature, like, sure. The creatures are, you know, are, it's not, it's not a new race or anything like that. But the first time you fight, um, one of the, one of the enemies that has, uh, light that has a ghost, that's like game changing, man. Okay? It's game changing. When you kill an enemy and he respawns like you do, game changing.
0: <laughs> that sounds frustrating.
1: No, because then sounds- when you kill him again and you grab his ghost and crush it in your in your hands, right in front of your face, I was like, I got like I got like chills. I was like, oh man, I can't wait. Like, please tell me I get to do that again. And so, um, the interesting thing at the beginning of this of this DLC is that it feels like even though we played multiple, I would say, like, chapters or whatever you want to call it, it felt like one continuous event. It felt like a raid. We get to these, like, boss area rooms. We'd finish them off. Chests would drop. We'd get the loot. Normally, at that point, you would teleport back to orbit, right? But this time, all of a sudden, like, an elevator would activate, and you would just keep going. And it was like, oh. You know, it also gave you a sense of like, can I quit right now if I want to, or am I gonna have to do this all over again? So like there was there's slight slight stress there as as Five Mile Rick was like, I need to go to bed, but I'm not sure that we've made a checkpoint. So um but anyways, it it, it is it is such a love hate relationship with this game because Right now I could sit there and say, Yep, having a lot of fun, but in eight hours when the story's over and I'm in game trying to just build loot, you know, do the loot grind, you know, and I have to just sit there and do things I don't want to do, you know, how quickly does does the shine disappear, right? And do I does the old me come back where I just get frustrated and, and walk away from the game? But for right now I can tell you I'm having a lot of fun with it. The story's very interesting uh obviously being back with some og friends to go explore this is a lot of fun we're already figuring out who the other suckers are going to be when we're ready for raid days um but you know um and 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 believe me Butterboy's name's in that list so we're gonna you know we're gonna have to figure things out but either way um here's
0: here's the problem do you remember when destiny first hit game pass with all of its DLC a few years back? They took it away. Yeah. I went and downloaded it and I tried getting back into it and I was like, Oh yeah. Like it feels great. Destiny's always felt great. I've always like loved actually playing the game, but I'll be honest with you. I I put a few hours into it. I couldn't remember how to like navigate or like what all the currencies were or how to craft. Like there was so much going on. I was like, I don't want to relearn all this and then I just ended up uninstalling it. I was like, ah, I yeah. don't have time for this.
1: <laughs> They've also removed the Beyond Light, I believe, from Game Pass. Which Yeah, is yeah, kind I don't think a there's any... Yeah, that's kind of a bummer, but um but I but so I agree with all of that. And and I think like the the currencies and the UI and some of the stuff is still really kind of like it's just unnecessary. There's too much of it, right? And, they, and 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 some of it they've, they've begun to simplify, which is good, but I still think they have more to do. But they have, you know, they have worked on a lot of mechanics and, and, and now there's uh, gun crafting and stuff that they're building into the games. There's a lot of interesting stuff that's going on right now that, like, adds value in ways where, like, maybe I don't feel like I have to go grind a Nightfall 82 times to get, like, the one piece of gear that I need. Instead, like, I can, like, have maybe different ways to, like, try to do things but um overall my hope my whole concept is that if i play it with rick rick will have the answer yeah you know? that's true that's kind of how i'm looking at it right now it's like well rick's gonna have to be that guy. Guy. guy yeah he's gonna yeah. have to be that guy like i used to be that guy but i've been out of the game too long and so now i get in there and i'm like what is you know like what is all of this type deal? So, but either way, what, I bought people in. People don't
0: know, and an inside look is years ago when Grim and I shared an office with Chops, uh, uh, from the Legend of Retro, and formerly up from this show. Uh, we would all. It was just the three of us in an office. We'd sit there and watch like hmm, Destiny hmm. videos all day we worked, and listen to Destiny podcasts, and we'd talk all day about what we were going to do in Destiny. We'd all go home and eat dinner, and then play Destiny till like one in the morning, and then show back up at work. Yeah, like we that that was all we did for oh, six, yeah. at least the six months we worked there together.
1: Yep, exactly. So, I um, it, it felt really. It, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I have you know the. I have some like guns that like I've, I've like climbed back into destiny and fallen out of it. Destiny two, I should say a bunch of times. So like every time I climb in, it's like I've, I acquire some weapons and I feel good. And then I get bored and I leave. Right. And so like to get back and see these guns and be able to pull you know, use them, you know, a Suros regime type deal. Like you pull that out, you start using it. It mm-hmm. just it instantly you're like, Oh my God, I remember why I love this game. You know Jade Rabbit when you pull out and use the gun and like you, just, you remember why you love this game and so um, you know and then like I I'm playing keyboard and mouse now right so and I'm playing Destiny via PC and we have we have um, Rick on Xbox and we're we're utilizing the the cross play which is something you know again relatively new that I have I don't have a lot of experience with a uh, little front. I- little frustrating initially getting it off the ground because of the whole like bungee friend account and stuff that you got to figure out. But once you got it all going, it's it's, it works. And, um, but I'm like addicted to finishing moves now, you know, like just, I'm, I'm like, I'm usually, I used to be like this warlock that would sit more back and just like play range and, and chip people down. And now I'm like, now I feel like I'm a, I'm a warlock still, but I act like a hunter or yeah, hunter where I'm like, um, I'm literally just jumping in on these people and, and just like, oh, oh, you're half health. Okay. I'm coming in for that finishing move. And yeah, it was, uh, I was having a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And I, and I was running, I think like, I think my like, uh, aggressiveness within, within my battle Royale games, AKA Fortnite Now, um, pays off now because I'm more aggressive in destiny than I ever was before, where I'm just like, I'm attacking uh, and I'm, I'm building my character out around the idea of like when I'm doing finishing moves or I'm using my melee and stuff, it's recharging other moves so I can kind of combo. And then I'm running, you know, SMGs and stuff like that. instead of scout rifles because that way I can, I I ran a shotgun on Tuesday. I never, I hated shotguns. Destiny. I'm running shotguns and destiny. I'm like, let's do this. I was all
0: shotguns and shoulder charges. The cheapest combo you could with a Titan.
1: Yeah. But I, uh, I, but I definitely, um, I definitely um, died the most because of it. Because we also when and this was interesting when you started the campaign, it gave you like two sides to choose, Hmm. and and you had to pick like a um, you had to pick like normal mode uh, or or like hard mode, and we picked and for some reason we were like we haven't played Destiny in in forever hard mode, and so. (laughs) we went into these rooms that were wrecking, you know, they would wreck us and like some, and the, the modifiers because we were on hard mode was like one person would go down. You had like 30 seconds to pick them up or the whole team wiped. And once you pick them up, you, you can only pick them up one time. And so the other person would have to pick them up if they went down again. And if you, and if both of you spent that and then that person went down again, then it's just a wipe. No one can res them. And so like, we had to learn that we had, we were learning these mechanics for a second. We're like, wait, what's happening? And then we're like, oh, okay, cool. And we adjusted, and we would get through the room, and like it was very rewarding because of it. And of course, right now we're we're base light level, which is uh, our power level, which is thirteen fifty. So you know everything that's dropping feels awesome, right? So we're we're at that point right now where like all the loot feels great because it, it just keeps up in our numbers, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I had to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up in the pre-show and I had to bring it up because you mentioned about like that game that, that always pulls you back in. Yours is more of a positive note. Mine's more of a, I just can't <laughs> learn my lesson. But you know, I don't know this. Uh, so far, this DLC feels pretty cool.
0: Good. I'm I'm glad you're having fun with it. Honestly, the biggest surprise of this entire conversation is the fact that you played a video game that isn't Fortnite.
1: It was hard, man. It was hard. I mean, <laughs> it felt really weird at first too, being a first person like perspective. You know, I, I, there was a lot of times where I would just equip a sword so I could run around in third person because it felt more natural to me now. But I, I finally got, you know, I, I got adjusted to it and, and I had a lot of fun with it. But um, it's not something that I necessarily think I can that I plan to bring to stream that would be something that i would i would have to talk to the community and see you know if they're even interested in it but um it might just be something i kind of enjoy offline or off stream you know with with uh with owl and and rick and then whoever once we get into the point of like wanting to try some of these dungeons whoever wants to join us you know um for that type of stuff
0: sounds healthy it sounds good to have a an off stream game
1: yeah so We'll see. I mean, you know, right now it's, it's very popular. So bring you know, bringing it to Twitch make, would make sense, but I've also put a lot of effort into building my community up around a specific, you know, game that I don't want to necessarily like just throw another game in there and, and potentially mess things up. So there's some decisions to be made, but either way, I did play another, another game. That was like the first game I've played Uh, that wasn't Fortnite besides my one day where I got to uh, hang out with Connor from CS Mod Children's Hospital and play It Takes Two, um, which was my first time playing that, and that was really cool. So... And, and, you know, I'll just remind everybody that right now, CS Mod Children's Hospital is running the uh, Love for Little Victor's 2022 charity event. You can find all that information uh, right on my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash grim the dino. And uh, that will, that charity event runs through the end of the month. So we have like four days, five days left. Um, four days left. But yeah, and, um, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of cool stuff with, with the, uh, you know, the charity event and with the hospital. And so being able to play, um, it takes two was really neat and instantly proved to me what, you know, showed me why it's game of the year. And then, um, you know, so now, and now destiny. So I'm breaking away a little bit and, and experiencing things. And then I watched my wife play cozy bears. So that's kind of like me enjoying a different game, you know? Yeah, sort of. Well,
0: has she tried uh flaming dumpster bear?
1: No. You have to tell her about that.
0: Yeah. It was like 50 cents on PSN and I got it one time and it's atrocious. Oh, okay, I'll tell yeah. her about it. She'll, she'll Cozy, look it up. She'll find it. Hilarious. Cozy
1: bear is literally animal crossing, but with, but like, instead of like helping random people, like you're all the things, you're all the people you're helping are bears.
0: Sounds way better than animal crossing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I was like, I was like, definitely better. I, I've asked her several times. And I'm like, have you, have you shown Ethan this yet? Cause it's, it's pretty cool. So,
0: I'm I'm looking it up right now. I know nothing about it.
1: Yeah, she found it on Game Pass. So
0: Oh, it's on Game Pass.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But anyways, I just figured, you know, we had the we had the news topics today and the show was pretty quick, so I wanted to kind of have a little personal section where we could just talk about some some dumb decisions I made this week by playing Destiny two. You no, know, I'm I'm in love with it this week. So next week I'll probably tell you guys how much I hate it. That's just this is how it usually goes I'm with that phased. game. Yeah, it's a phase, exactly. But uh Yeah, um, you'll you'll have you'll have at least a half
0: dozen grievances by next week.
1: <laughs> probably. On on a super short note, and then we can wrap things up cuz we just hit the 1-hour mark. Uh I did also update and then try to play Rocket League um off off stream again just kind of just kind of like wanted to jump in a game and just see how it felt and wow how much you lose in that game when you don't play it on a regular basis oh Oh, Oh, my i was awful like terrible also i don't use a controller anymore but if it's a racing game i you know i gravitate towards a controller and boy that was a, a rude awakening and then the, my final note on it, though, is that something happened to my my Rocket League account and like all my presets for my cars, all my custom settings for like my button layouts and everything, everything got reset. So that kind of sucked and, and really discouraged me. And that was kind of like I played like one match. I was like, yeah, I don't feel like figuring all this out right now. i just turned it back off.
0: Damn. Yeah. The, la- the last time I played Rocket League was on the Fortnite servers were down.
1: There you, there you go. Right. Uh, also broke 500 wins on uh, on Fortnite.
0: Oh, hell yeah.
1: And I'm on the verge of uh, hitting my 10,000 kills. So there we go.
0: I'm, uh, I've am i had dozens of kills and uh, maybe three or four wins. So there you go. We're pretty much the same.
1: Yeah. Well, but when I mean <laughs> 500 wins, I mean like overall. I don't mean like this season. This season yeah. I'm at like 160, though, which is pretty crazy.
0: I still stand by my numbers. My fingers will <laughs> trick out over to over a year long career Fortnite. Really
1: right Absolutely. Here. All right. Well, let's get this thing wrapped up. We want to thank one more time. Our supporters over on Patreon.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much to all of our supporters, patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Thanks to the boys hanging out in the live channel here on the, uh, the Gamezilla media discord. We appreciate your interaction and being here with us for the recording today. And hopefully you enjoyed uh, just some kind of a, a light, fun episode today. We're just in a good mood, talk some games, and appreciate all of our patrons and everyone hanging out live.
1: Yep, absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out on episode 366 of the GameZilla podcast. We Remember, we are your elite free DLC for your gaming news. And until next time, game on.
0: Game on.